Go ahead and turn our Bibles to Psalm 56. Psalm 56. We're going to be looking at the entire psalm tonight. It's not too many verses. There's 13 verses altogether. But um, there's some amazing truths in this psalm that David has wrote. And um, we'll go ahead and read the whole psalm together. And then we'll dive into the, the message. Verse number one says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He, fighting daily, oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they arrest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps. When they wait for my soul, shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Uh, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou, or wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living. And let's go ahead and bow for a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into tonight's message. Father, we thank You so much again, Lord, that You've given us this little um, nugget of truth uh, amidst the Psalms. And I thank You for, Lord, Your Word. Um, I just thank You so much, God, that we have uh, verses like this, a Scripture that we can go to when we're uh, facing difficulties in life and and uh, where we can encourage ourselves in. And Father, I just pray, God, that as we look at this psalm, uh, Lord, that You would uh, bring help and, and, and um, encourage those who might need it tonight. Father, we do love You, and we do thank You so much again for Your grace. And thank You, Lord, as we uh, looked at the Lord's Supper tonight, and, and just a great reminder of what You've done for us on Calvary. And Lord, we thank You so much again for being a part of Your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, if you look here, um, in the beginning of this psalm, uh, David is the author of this psalm, and it has a special title and heading that makes this psalm stand out amongst the rest of them. If you look here, it says, To the chief musician upon Jonath Elam Rakokim, uh, Mikam of David, when the Philistines took him in Gath. Now, it's addressed to the chief musician and upon Jonath Elam Rakokim. The, and this is the only time that's actually mentioned in the Bible of that specific word. Uh, the, uh, the word here, the Jonath Elam Rakokim. That's the only time this is ever mentioned in the Bible. And actually, uh, some translated as the silent dove in distant places. We're going to look at that more tonight. Now, the next observation is that this psalm is among the Mikkums, or however they pronounce it. <laughs> that is, the golden sayings. Uh, so these, this psalm was probably something that was very precious uh, to David. 
Um, this psalm in Psalm 34 was written when David went to the Philistines in order to escape Saul's initial persecution in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1-15. through 15. Now David, he was being hunted down like a criminal. Uh, and, he had, and had he been caught, he would have been killed by Saul. I mean, Saul tried to kill him uh, twice already, uh, throwing a, a javelin at him, and yet um, God had kept him from being uh, caught. But now, not knowing what to do and where to turn next, uh, he had just been to Ahimelech, he had the priest there, uh, he was by himself, and here he was, he's not sure where to go, what to do, uh, he just got some food from, from the, the, the priest, and he got Goliath's sword, and now he's not sure where to go, what to do. And so he has um, this crazy idea of going to his most hated enemies. I mean, the Philistines. This is, this is where he's going to, is the Philistines. And he actually goes to the city of Gath, which, if you may remember, that's where Goliath is from. And he's carrying Goliath's sword. And so think about it here. Uh, here, he's, he's going to an area where if anybody wanted to kill David, it'd be these people. And yet, this is where he decides to go. Um, you know, he's had great victories over them. He killed Goliath. And then in order to marry Saul's daughter, he, he had to kill 100 more Philistines, which he ended up killing 200 more. And this is the ones, you know, where, uh, you know, he, he was... Um, uh, one of the captains of, of Saul's army, and he had killed so many Philistines that they were giving the songs and the dances where, you know, Saul, he killed his hundreds, but David, his thousands. And so everybody knew who David was. And so this is the situation that David is now going into uh, this city here. And uh, now none of us here have been running for our life this week. Uh, no one here has been being chased down by the authorities, chased down, uh, looking over your shoulder, wondering uh, how are we going to escape the persecution that we're under. But sometimes our life can feel like that's happening when trying to live for God in an ungodly world. It can sometimes feel like you you never know where the next attack is going to come from. And this evening, I want to look at this psalm and see how it can help us tonight in our walk with the Lord as we face the difficulties of life. I want to preach a message entitled, Trusting God in the Face of Difficulty. Uh, The first thing I want to look at tonight is that our enemy seeks to destroy us. Uh, Look at verse number 1 and 2 again. Verse 1 says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Now, some days it feels like the devil never rests uh, bringing hardship and stress into your life. But here's the thing, the devil doesn't attack us personally. He uses people. He influences the people around us. Uh, That's why we're not supposed to to battle against flesh and blood, but the spirit that's behind them. Uh, that's, that's why, uh, you know, you look here, the, the people that are, that are in our life that cause us stress, the devil is using them to discourage us um, from serving God and keeping people from getting saved. Now, isn't it interesting that whenever you try to do right, whenever you try to serve God, whenever you try to stand for truth, 
that there are many who will fight against you. Uh, there will be many who, um, you know, if you ever try to post something on social media that points out the wickedness of this world, that people come out of the woodwork, it seems, to argue against you and attack your point of view. Uh, that's why 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, it's not just godly, but those who actually try to do something for the Lord. Those who actually make a point to stand up for, for Christ Jesus, those are the ones who are going to get the persecution. And so here, um, as you look here in verse the, the psalm here, he said, My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. See, the Christian life is not for wimps. It really isn't. Um, and so as you, you look at, at, at this thing, if, you ever had, if you've not had anyone mock you yet, or make fun of you, or attack your faith, try witnessing to your coworkers or talking to your neighbors or your classmates in school. Then you'll actually start to see what um, the, the, the persecution, the, the oppression uh, that we're accustomed to. Look at verses 5-7 through seven, though tonight. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Have you ever had someone who was an adversary against you? Uh, meaning they wait for you to speak up about something so they can attack you for what you say. I mean, they, 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 it's like you, you know if you're going to post something, they're going to be the first one that, that's going to attack you and, and uh, try to um, make you look like an idiot. Um, their thoughts are constantly evil. Now, for a prime example, look at how the Irish media and liberals do for President Trump. Okay? Now, every day, it seems like they wait for something that he says or does um, to twist it and to spin it to attack his character and to vilify him to the public. I mean, everything that he does, no matter what it is, it is always spinned to a, 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 a light that is negative. There's ne never anything positive about Trump here in Ireland. Never anything. Even if he does some great things, they'll find some way to spin it to make it look like he's an idiot and like that, he, that he's foolish. Um, and to make him to the public so that people think he's, he's an absolute moron. Most people here in Ireland think that Trump is a stupid, ignorant, egotistical, arrogant, careless, racist, sexist, homophobe, and a very hateful man. That's, that's what the media portrays him to be. Um, and yet, he's the exact opposite of many of these slanders. Now, he's far from perfect. I will immediately say that. He is far from perfect, and he's done and said some things that I don't necessarily agree with. But his heart is for the American citizens. To, to, that is for his people, not the world. He's, he is in his position as to, to protect his people, to, do the, to, to help his people the best that he can. Now, can you imagine what Ireland could become if all of its leaders here sought the best for the people rather than their own interest and lining their own pockets? 
we'd have a different nation. We'd have a nation that, has, that, that would turn itself around. But we don't. And there's so many problems that are because of it. This is just one of the examples that we see. Like this verse, these verses kind of uh, illuminated is, is when anyone who tries to stand for right, they're going to be attacked. They're going to be, uh, things are going to be made up about them. Lies are going to be made up about them. I mean, look at Daniel in the Bible. Uh, you know, when, when Daniel was, was over the presidents there and when uh, Darius was, uh, was the, the emperor at that time, uh, they saw any way that they could to destroy Daniel. But he had such integrity that they couldn't find anything. So they had to make up something. And, and that's what they did. And they made up something and had him thrown into the den of lions. But God is faithful, and we see that. that even though he went through that, that difficulty, he trusted God, and God delivered him. And so, um, but look at verse number, uh, let's see here, uh, verse number 8, or sorry, verse number 7. He says, Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Now, will those who do such evil get away with it? No, they will not. But it is hard for us to not want to lash out and attack them back. I mean, when someone provokes you and provokes, you know, or provokes me or provokes you, our natural response is we want to provoke them back. You know, you poke me, I'm going to poke you back. Um, you know, and that's our natural response is to lash out. But that's not the Christian way to respond. And that's where the hard part comes, is giving it to God. See, God wants us to give it to Him and let Him deal with them and let God work. Hold your place here in Psalm, but turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And verse number 17. Now, these are very hard verses sometimes to live by because these aren't the natural response that we want to take. But verse number 17 says, Recompense no man, or recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, Paul here is writing some very hard words because this isn't the natural way to respond. And so here, this, this is something that, that really we need strength from the Lord to be able to do and to trust Him and to give it to Him when these things happen. When you're attacked by your enemies, when you're persecuted and, and, and you're hurt, rather than lash back out, you've got to give it to God. You've got to give it to God. Let Him work. Let Him have control of the situation. Because if you and I get involved, we're going to make it worse. We're going to make the situation even more messier, and it's going to escalate and... It's just going to get ugly. That's why we have to let God be God and let Him handle the situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what has been said. He knows what the person thinks about you. 
He knows exactly what that person's heart is against you. You have to give it to Him. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 as well. Hebrews chapters 10, verse number 30. Similar portion of Scripture, but I want you to have you see this tonight. Verse number 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. But look at verse number 31. Have you ever thought about this? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think about that. When you're you're giving a situation to God, God controls every situation here. And he, you know, and he has control, in a sense, over their eternity. And he knows how to get justice. See, you and I, we have a limited scope of justice because we're affected by the hurt. But God has an eternal scope of justice, and he knows how to work the situation for the best results. And so here, I mean, think about this. Our, you know, giving, giving our enemies over to the hand of God. I mean, thankfully, you and I, those who are born-again Christians, we're no longer underneath that wrath. We've been, we've, been, we've been saved from that. But there's a lot of people who are underneath that wrath to be in the hand of the living God in the wrong side of the fence, so to speak. It's a bad position to be in. But when you give vengeance over to God, you're letting God take care of that situation. And he knows how to work it out the best. Look at verse number 32. It says, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. So after you were saved, after you realized the truth, uh, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. And uh, verse number 33 says, Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. So he's talking to here to the, uh, the, the Jews here that have been saved. He's saying, look, you know, when you became a Christian, uh, you began to suffer these persecutions just by being a companion with them. And, um, and, but to give vengeance to the Lord. He will work out the situation. We do have an enemy that will seek to destroy us, but let God have control of the situations. Now, uh, not only does our enemy seek to destroy us, but secondly tonight and lastly, God is always faithful. God is always faithful. Now, I want you to put yourself in David's position. I want you to use your imagination a little bit. Here he is. He's, been, he's now on the run. He's, hunt, he's unjustly being hunted down because Saul is jealous of David. And, I mean, David is his own son-in-law. And he's, not, he's alone, hunted daily. And then he goes to his enemies to find safety. And as I mentioned before, Gath is where Goliath was from. And the Bible says that Goliath still had four brothers, who were all giants as well. And these four brothers probably wanted to get vengeance against David. And now David and his men would one day face them. 
But everybody knew who David was. And the fact that he carried Goliath's sword probably didn't help matters. Talking about going into the den of lions. I mean, here he is. Uh, if anybody was a, was a marked target, this would be David. He was risking his life coming to Gath. And he was terrified about what they might do to him. You, you see that in verse number 1. Let's go back real quick to Psalm 56. You see that in verse number 1 and 2. You see his fear. Uh, you see the, uh, the worry, the, the stress that's upon him. And he's, he's saying, you know, you look at verse number 1, he's saying, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He, fighting daily, oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. O thou, o thou most high. Um, but through all of this, David trusted God, and he knew that God would never forsake or abandon him. Why God allowed him to go to Gath, why he allowed him to go into this whole situation in the first place, we'll never know. Perhaps for the purpose of creating this psalm for you and I to enjoy and to get so much encouragement from. Because had David never went to this situation, we wouldn't have this great portion of Scripture. And here, if you look at verse number, uh, let's look at verse number 3 and 4. It says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Look at verse number uh, 8 again as well, through 13. Thou tellest my wanderings, Put thou my tears in thy, into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And God will I praise his word, and the Lord will I praise his word. And God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Uh, David's putting his trust in some things. Uh, verse number 3 is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Um, think about what the verse is saying. It is so simple, yet it is so deep. Verse 3 says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. How often do you and I become afraid and worried for ourselves and for our friends, and especially our family? How often do you, we, we, we fear for them what's going to happen to them? Because we can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And so every day we face fears, don't we? It's just the, the natural part of, of having a limited scope of, of our own mortality and, and, and not being able to see how situations are going to work. And so it's natural for the, the human heart to fear. And so here David is saying, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. David is putting his life on the line, and yet he has given his fear completely to God and yielded himself to God's care and faithfulness. Now, you and I may never have to fear for our life being in danger. We may never have to have that fear, but we all do have fears. And I believe David did what 1 Peter 5 7 says, casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. David knew that God loved him and that God would take care of him. And many of the Psalms are David verbally casting his cares upon the Lord because God can take them. 
And when he finishes, that's often when verse 4 takes over our hearts. You know, we see several psalms that are like this. David is pouring out his heart to God. And then verse number 4, look at what verse number 4 is. In God will I, I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. He starts praising God. It's like that burden is lifted. You know, he's, 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 he's given God his complaint. He's given God his, his heartache, his sorrow, his, his misunderstanding. Lord, why, why are my enemies prosperous and why am I? You know, different things along those sort. And yet when he pours out his heart, then he says, ah, but I'm going to praise you. You know, and sometimes what stops our praise from happening is because we've got too much burdens upon our heart and we can't get through the burdens. You know, we're so laden down with what's going on in life and, and it's hard to praise God. And so let's be like Peter, or sorry, like, like David here. And like Peter says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Give him those cares. Give God that, that worry, that fear, and start praising him for who he is. Start praising God for just how good he is. Because sometimes the devil will like you to focus on your problem. He'll get you to focus on your struggle, uh, the worry that you have, and so that you won't have the heart to praise. And that's what the devil wants to do, is to steal your joy. He wants to steal your praise. Um, that's why we need to give things to God and let our praises be known. Verse 4, David is no longer afraid. He's praising God, and especially God's Word, because he knows that God will never abandon him, just like God will never abandon you. Um, let's go back to verse number 10. Verse number 10. It says, In God will I praise His Word. In the Lord will I praise His Word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render, I will render praises unto Thee. David nearly repeats what he wrote in verse number 4. But look at the focus of David's praise. It is God's Word, God Himself, and God's vows or promises that have been given to him. That's the focus of his praise. I mean, he's, he's praising God's word because he knows that uh, God's word is true. He knows that God's word can be trusted in. And so he knows that. And so he, he says, you know what? I'm going to trust this word. I'm going to praise. I'm going to lift up God because I know God is true. I know what, uh, his, what has been said about him is right. You know, we have been given so many precious promises from God. But here's the thing. You have to know God's Word to know what those promises are. I mean, there's some promises in here that God has given us that are so sweet. Um, that's why it's so important to read God's Word so that you can claim these promises. I mean, claim them as a child of God that God has, has given you some promises. David knew them, and he claimed them here in the psalm, verse 12, thy vows are upon me. Thou, thy, the, the things that you have, have vowed, they're upon me. He's, he, he knows that he is a, a child of God, so to speak. You know? And he understands that. He said, look, I've got, I know that you have promised some things to me. So what are some promises that God has given to us that we can trust in when difficulties come? Let's just take a, a quick look at just a few. I mean, there are so many... 
And I don't want to take the time to go through them, but I just want to look at just a, a few of them. Uh, hold your place here in Psalm 56. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verse number 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is a promise that He's given to us. That we, if we would take His, his yoke, to, get, to let Him carry those burdens, um, He'll give us rest. And there's a lot of people in this world that are seeking rest, and they don't know how to find it. And yet God is saying, look, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. It's a lot easier than what you're trying to carry yourself. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That's a good promise to have. And no matter what goes on in your life, God will never leave you and He will never forsake you. He will never cast you away. That's a good promise to claim, to have. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, and the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Uh, let's go to 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1.9. It's a familiar passage of Scripture, but it's a promise. It is a promise that God has. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm glad that uh, He's going to forgive us not just a couple sins, you know, not just a couple of our unrighteousness, but that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise that God has given to us. And uh, lastly, Revelation 19.11 says, And I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. One of these days, it's all going to be end. We're not going to be here when that happens. <laughs> but one of these days, Christ is coming back and He will execute judgment and justice upon those who have rejected Christ. Ultimate vengeance will be in the Lord's hand. That's why He's faithful and true. Um, let's, let's go back to, to Psalm 56 and we'll finish here with this last verse. Verse number 13. Verse 13 says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, and that I may walk before God in the light of the living? 
See, David knew that because of his faith that he was saved. David didn't doubt what would happen when he died. He had assurance of his salvation, yet there may be some in here who doubt that you're still saved. But the great thing is that once you become a born-again Christian, you can never lose your salvation. If you could, then God would not be a faithful God. You see, David struggled at times when he was overwhelmed. And we see that through Psalms. But, you know, and we're going to have those struggles too. We're going to have those, those fears, those doubts. Um, but when we go through them, uh, we have to trust God with our salvation. But yet, you know, when we trust God, you know, we trust God that, you know, our, our souls are saved, that they're in eternity, um, you know, that when we die, we're not going to go to hell. We trust God with that. But why don't we trust God with our daily life? It's so easy. Oh, yeah, my, my soul's saved. I'm great. But then we live every single day like we don't trust Him. Why is that? Why is that? And that's what David here is saying. He said, you know, you've delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling? He's like, he knows he's going through this daily situation here, this, this situation he's going through in his life right then. And he's saying, you know what? You're going to take care of the situation too. You're going to take care of this. He makes a statement then in the rest of verse number 13. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? David knew that his soul was secured. And so he knows that just as God is faithful in keeping his soul saved, God is also faithful in every matter of his life. He believed God that would take care of him, and this is where we struggle. Again, we trust God with our salvation, but yet we have such a hard time trusting God with our daily life and problems. Can I ask you, are your problems too hard for God? Are they too big for Him? You know, is your problem too big for God? No. The answer is no. I highly doubt that's the case. But the reason why many are discouraged is that we have let the focus of our life become the problem in our life rather than God who can take care of those problems. This is where we need to refocus our hearts upon and realize that nothing takes God by surprise and that He can fix every situation if we would just let Him. Rather than letting us get in the way and trying to put our focus on our worries or whatever the mountains in our life may be, instead of looking past that mountain and seeing we have such a big God, that God can take care of this. And when we give our burdens to God, He then gives us joy throughout our days. And just as David says, we can walk before God in the light of the living. We have peace and joy knowing that God is faithful and that He's in control. I mean, can you imagine how this world would look if instead of Christians walking around defeated and discouraged and you know looking like they're all depressed, if they're walking around with joy, with happiness, praising God for what God has done in their life, I think people would take notice, there's something a little bit different about these people. They're, they have something that I don't have. How can I get that? That should be our testimony. Being able to be a light in our community, saying, look, yeah, I might be going through some hard things too, but look, God's in control. He's got it. I'm letting Him work in the situation. That way, I can live life and enjoy life and not let the problems and the burdens weigh me down. 
that should be our desire. So that way, when people are around us and, and they hear us praising God, that they'll want to know why. They'll want to know who this God is that we're praising. And that's the ultimate goal that we should have in our life is to bring honor and praise to God. Um, like we should, because, man, He saved us. He bought us. You know, um, we should give our lives to, to serving Him. And just in some com uh, concluding thoughts tonight, I just want you to think about these questions. Have you been feeling overwhelmed recently because of some difficult people in your life? Perhaps even by some enemies that seek to make your life miserable. Instead of reacting out of anger, give it to God and let God work the situation. He knows how to work in that person's heart. Have you been tormented by fear recently and have allowed worry to consume your heart? Give it to God. He is faithful and He can resolve the situation and your problems. Lastly, the last question I want to ask you though, do you think that God doesn't love you because of something you've done recently? It's a foolish thought put in your heart by the devil. See, God loves you unconditionally. But if there's something that you think is stopping you and in, in, in the way with your relationship with God, then you need to get that right with Him and confess it to Him, whatever is done, and restore that relationship. That's what repentance is. That's when you say, you know what? Whatever may have happened this week or a couple weeks or month, whatever. Whatever has happened in your life that has, has strained your relationship with God, humble yourself and restore that, that relationship. That's, that's, that's what needs to be done. And uh, we're going to go ahead and, and close tonight. Um, just close a word of prayer and then we'll go ahead and sing a hymn real quick. But I just want you to think tonight, what is stopping you from praising God? What burden has, has you wore down that you're having a hard time trusting God with? Give it to Him. Father, we thank You so much again. Lord, for Your Word and for this psalm. Lord, I don't have to, I'm not, I don't have to fear the persecution that David is, has gone through at this point. Being hunted down like an animal. Uh, looking over his shoulder, wondering when he's going to get caught. When he's going to be captured. I, I, have, I, don't have to, I never had to feel that way. Lord, I, I live in a country with some great freedoms. And I thank you for those freedoms. But Lord, there may come a day where we are like David. We are hunted down. But Lord, I just, I pray that there, um, I know there's some people here going through some hard times. I don't know the situations. I don't know all the problems. God, you know what's on their heart. You know the situations. And Lord, I just, I just pray that tonight that they would give them to you. That they would put their focus upon you, not the problem. And that they can live their life with joy. Uh, live their life with peace and, 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 and experience that joy that you have given to them. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would work in the situations that, that have so many of us burdened. God, that you would resolve them, that you would work in the situations. Again, I don't know what they are, but God, you do. Lord, there might be some people that are in, in, in certain people's lives that are just causing havoc, uh, just causing discouragement. 
Lord, I just pray that you would resolve that. Uh, some might be having some financial problems. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help them, Lord, in those, those financial burdens. God, that you'd cause relief. And Lord, again, I don't know all the situations, but Lord, I know that there's probably some people discouraged. And I just pray, God, that tonight that they could give you their problems and their burdens, that they can go away just rejoicing and praising you for how good you are, because you are good, and you, you deserve the praise. Father, we thank you so much again for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.